Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. Join us for this all-access pass backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live event industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to incredible guests who journey with us as we dive deep into the world of venues, tours, festivals, and everything in between. Grab your laminate and meet us in Venue Land. Hello and welcome to a special detour episode of Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. I'm Dave Ruttelberger, and along with my good friend and co-host Paul Hooper, today's episode is a little spooky, a little different. It's a detour or a side trip, a mini bonus episode where we take a, a single serving look at something fun happening in the live entertainment industry. Paul, will you be so kind as to introduce our very uh, appropriate for Spooky Month guests? But of course. Uh, <laughs> Do the whole podcast in that voice. Please. I know, right? The I, whole I don't thing. think I can sustain that um, accent. But yeah, we're we're joined by our friends at the Louisville Palace, located in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, they're joining us to kind of tell us about some of the unique things about the venue, some spooky things, some different ghosts that are visiting and have some stories. So uh, we're here with Jill Zoll, who's the box office manager, and Caitlin McCoy, who's the logistics manager, but also refers to herself as the spooky expert or resident ghost expert for the <laughs> venue. So welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having us. So, you know, you guys, uh, before we get into, you know, the spooky part, tell us a little bit about the venue. Uh, give us just a general overview of, of you know, what its places in the community and its history. Yeah, so uh, originally on the stretch of street that we're on, we're on South 4th Street. It used to be kind of a, a walking district with lots of different movie theaters around. Our theater opened on September 1st, 1928. Uh, the gentleman that built it, the architect was named John Eberson. He is a very well-known theater architect. He has, I think, over hundreds of theaters throughout the country. Not so much these days. A lot of them have closed and, um, or were torn down. But he um, was very big into atmospheric theaters. So when you go and watch a movie, it makes you feel like you're watching it outside. And we were kind of plopped right down in the theater district in the downtown Louisville area. Um, so our theater specifically is the last one I think standing in the surrounding area, a lot of them have become unfortunately parking garages. There is one down the yeah. street that is currently used as storage. Um, so we were lucky enough that uh, we did survive um, a closure in the 1970s. Uh, and then it was refurbished by a local architect named John Siegel and was reopened in the 1990s. Uh, and it started out as just kind of still running some some movies and some local theater and some local shows. And, and now we are predominantly a concert venue and destination downtown. Having visited the theater many times, I first off love it. It's one of I mean, it truly is. And you know, I've been to a number of venues, I've been very fortunate to go to a number of venues all over the country. And Louisville Palace, I think, is like. I think it should be on everyone's bucket list. I think it's so unique. The architecture, the design, 
you know, if you're listening to this right now, pull, you know, not if you're driving, but pull out your phone and Google <laughs> Louisville Palace and look at it. And it's just so wild. Like, and especially if you all could speak to it, maybe this, I don't know if there's any of the ghost stories tied into this, but some of that like architecture and the faces that are in the ceiling in the lobby, which I've heard numerous stories about how there's some hidden kind of iconic celebrities, like maybe there's a Beethoven, but also I heard there's like one of them has their eyes closed. Maybe the person who carved it has their face hidden in there. Like tell, I guess, like what are some of the really unique funky things that people will find if they visit it? I absolutely agree with you. Of Every time I walk into that venue, I get, chills and just a feeling of just privilege of being able to to work there of really thank all all the gentlemen of the johns in particular that helped bring it to to us um and and feel very protective of it of of keeping their their legacy on of in fact john siegel is one of the hidden faces in the faces lobby uh he is the the gentleman uh that we give a lot of credit to to having this this building still in the glory that it is. He spent a lot of time uh, trying to to restore it to its natural glory. And, and I think everyone can agree it's he did an incredible job because it really does still look a lot like of uh, some of the older pictures that you'll find uh, from from back in the day when it was originally opened. A lot of terracotta plaster work of around the building. Yeah. Yeah. The the style that John Eberson went with when he built the place was um, Spanish Baroque. So it is very over the top, very detail oriented. There is not a yeah. crack or crevice that doesn't have a detail, you know, added on top of a detail. It's like a sculpture on top of a sculpture. Um, lots of color. It's like dark and moody, but also very elegant and bright. And it's just, it's something that even pictures, I don't think do it justice. Um, John Eberson's also a hidden face on the ceiling. Um, those faces are, uh, a lot of them repeat. You have your your Beethoven and your Bach and your Aristotle and, you know, uh, some of those kinds of folks. But then uh, story goes that one night when John Eberson was out of the building and it was being built, his staff really loved working with him. So they took one of the faces off of the ceiling and put his in its place. Um, And then when it shut down and went through its renovation and uh, John Siegel being a local and up until recently, he recently passed away. I don't even think it's been a year. Um, He was a season ticket holder. He was very near and dear to our hearts um, with the venue. So he also has his face on the ceiling as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And then if you go into the theater, the theater itself, that, I mean, people think that the faces lobby is exquisite. And then you walk into the theater and it's like, it just, you know, there's always more, more to look at. And um, Mm -hmm. that, like I said, it's an atmospheric theater. So you feel like you're outside back in the day, there used to be a cloud machine. So if you look up at the ceiling, there are constellations on the ceiling. And allegedly, it's the the star map of the first day that the venue opened, September 1st, 1928. That is so cool. And then there used to be, yeah, and there used to be clouds. And so um, I know I've talked to some- We don't have to say allegedly. We can spread that rumor. That is exactly (laughs) what that star map is. That's exactly right. Yes, that's That's exactly. That's what I'm telling everyone. Hey, I confidently tell people. And then- you You never know (laughs) (laughs) all right so you start working uh there before you got the job are you aware of the haunted history or at what point does somebody break this news to you once you've got the gig 
Well, uh, I'll be honest, I, I am a lifelong resident and have attended the palace, uh, events of the palace, and had actually never even really fully considered that it was haunted until I began working here. And it's more of a feeling that you get when you walk in the first time and get a tour when there's no show going on. You're like, there's someone watching us, isn't there? And that's when you that's when I got told, you know, yes, there it this is haunted. You know, if you treat the ghost right, be respectful. You don't have anything to worry about. Uh, you know, it's the people who aren't aren't always of aware of what they're doing that might be the people that that cause the the spirits to to scare them a little but if you're just uh if you're nice to them on yeah yes oh yeah oh yeah the theater ghost light is a definite is a definite thing of and we utilize it here but yeah that's that's how i found out originally and I, i could not believe i'd gone all this time without realizing or even thinking about it and and the hauntings do go back ages it's not a recent, it's definitely not a recent phenomenon, but what's kind of cool to me is that it's, there's definitely more ghosts that have come to the palace as, as we've been open. Uh, a lot of people find, have found a home here and they feel very comfortable here. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? It's beautiful. Speaking on my end of things, I didn't grow up in, I actually grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I, walked in for the first time and was like wow this is beautiful and and this is stunning and and i was like she said it's a privilege to work in the palace but i think for me i'm one of those just energy people where you can just kind of feel that like something's a little off for me personally it was a lot of you know walking into a room and feeling like someone had just left like you just missed somebody or catching shadows out of the corner of your eye. Like when you, when you turn a corner, you see something else like just turning the next corner. And I kind of just ignored it for a while. Um, but the longer I was here and I feel like the, the more my role increased and as odd as it sounds, it's like the more that they became familiar that I'm sticking around. I think the more comfortable they got with me because I'm out of, I think the two of us, I'm the one that's had the, <laughs> the most spooky experiences. <laughs> She's, had the most, she's definitely had the most alone time in the building because I will say as much as I trust the ghosts, I try and leave them be a lot. <laughs> so I try not to spend a lot of time there by myself. And if I do, I'm talking a lot to them uh, because it, uh, yeah. And then I just like to find trouble. So <laughs> or trouble finds her, you know. So let me run through some of the ghosts that are rumored that we've heard about uh, there from the, the the Louisville Palace Theater. Uh, there's the the faceless woman wearing like clothing from the 1940s that has been spotted climbing the stairs in the mezzanine lobby. Uh, a man in 1930s attire in the balcony area who vanishes after being approached. Uh, the one that creeps me out, the sound of a young child giggling heard in the bathroom uh, just beyond the ladies' parlor. Uh, a ghost of a projectionist said to haunt the projection booth after having a, uh, having a heart attack on the job. So when you say you've had some spooky encounters, uh, is it are, are you just hearing sounds and things, or or what have you actually experienced? So I think out of all of us, there are everyone pretty much experiences sounds and kind of just like feeling uneasy. But there are probably only about three of us that have actually witnessed legitimate full-bodied apparitions. Um, I know personally, our general manager he started in facilities and he can speak to the lady in gray 
Um, his story with that is, I believe, within the first like six months of him working here, uh, he was fixing a, a seat in the orchestra level, and he looked up and saw a woman in gray with a high collar. And she was clutching a playbill, and she was walking more so floating down aisle one to her seat. And then as of, I think, like a year ago, he saw her again in the same place. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, God. I'm getting chills. But it's funny because, you know, I've heard from our production manager that he's also seen her, and he's he's the one that's seen her going up the grand staircase, and she's in that high-collared dress, lady in gray, clutching that yeah. playbill. So they've seen the same exact thing, just in two different places, but they've seen it repetitively, which only confirms that it has to be true. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Uh, the lady in gray is definitely is one who's been around for a while, uh, and so when I when I hear the old stories of it, having talked to the people on our staff that have seen her, uh, our GM Johnny, and 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 Scobie, our production manager, the, those are people Scobie. that I trust. Yeah, I've uh, met him before. And, yeah, yeah, Scobie is another fixture, um, but those are people I definitely I definitely trust. And when you, uh, if uh, unfortunately. We couldn't get Johnny with us here today, but uh, the stories he has of her, it's its just absolutely convincing that that she hangs around. And uh, but, yeah, she just she clearly needs to find her seat. That's the one thing is we uh, need uh, to get someone that can find uh, her seat. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching, which is which is kind of fun, like and maybe tying into that. Are there any like superstitions that you all have surrounding those? Because I don't know if you're watching uh only murders in the building but it's no an spoilers. excellent show well okay well i won't spoil this doesn't really spoil any of the latest <laughs> season but it takes a lot of it takes place in a theater and it right. really is not tied to the plot at all but there's this apparent ghost that haunts the theater and they talk about all these fun superstitions they have of sweeping the floor of the theater and doing this in the theater and kind of like trying to make sure the ghost is on your side for opening night and like are there any fun superstitions you all have that it's like okay we need to make sure we tidy this up for this ghost or they like this a certain way or maybe we don't enter this room after this certain time it's actually funny you mentioned that there are two instances i can think of um that are like that when I started, there was always this, I call it a joke because I never knew if anyone was serious about it, but um, it's, you have to say goodbye to the ghost if you're the last one out of the building. And okay. um, as you're leaving and you're about to set the alarm, if you don't say goodnight ghosts, they won't allow you to set the alarm. And I personally have experienced this. Um, and my husband, prior to us being married, actually worked at the venue. And the very first night that he was um, set to lock up by himself, he called me and he's like, I cannot get like, I can't get this set, this alarm to set. And I was like, well, did you walk around the, the doors and just make sure that like, he's like, I've checked this venue top to bottom, left to right. I've checked every door. I've opened and closed them, making sure nothing's ajar that is keeping us from being able to leave. And I was like, are you sure you're not moving because it's motion censored? And he's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, okay, well, and then I just kind of paused and I was like, did you say goodnight to the ghosts? And he's like, Haha, that's really funny. <laughs> so he calls somebody and he's like, hey, I can't get the alarm to set. And they're like, oh, well, we'll be down. We'll see what we can do to fix it. And then he calls me back and he's like, I'm getting you on the phone because I want to prove to you that it's not the ghosts. And he, he said, and on the phone said, goodnight ghosts. And then I hear him put in his pen and then the alarm beeps. 
And I have never heard that man scream as loud as he did. (laughs) And I could hear him running. He's like, oh, heck no. And he (laughs) was like, absolutely. So, you know, I took it as a joke when I first started, but it's something I I continue to do um, just because I've had so many experiences where I'm not allowed to leave. Um, So I just, I always make it a habit to say good night and thank you. Then I leave. Yes. Yeah. Not a bad, not a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's superstitious, but that's definitely what I do too. So when I come in, I'm like, "Hey guys, I'm here. I'm just here to to I needed to turn off the lights that someone forgot, and I'll, I'll leave you all alone. It's okay." And I that's when you get like sometimes you'll get the flicker of lights in response, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. I'm like, "All right, I, I got gotcha. you. We're all good." <laughs> and then and yeah, good night. Have a good night. <laughs> How many ghosts are there? I know Dave mentioned a few that we've heard about, but is there like a count? Are there any we missed? You know, what the is it? Four know. or five. So we have Lady and Gray. We yeah. have the projectionist, which we recently have gotten more information on him. Um, we have the balcony ghost, who we refer to as Bernard. We have um, Fred, who is a uh, former employee. And we have the children. Yeah. And so that's five that we know of uh actually six we recently also discovered that one of our former general managers also likes to hang around um if you guys didn't know this as of today hulu has released a tv show called living for the dead and we happen to be a featured venue on oh no joke yeah as of today yes as of today wow Um, And so they came in in March and I, uh, you know, we got a call. I work in special events. So we got a call and it was, hey, we want to rent out the venue and do a ghost tour or ghost ghost show. And we're so used to getting TV shows interested, but like it doesn't usually ever pan out. So we're like, okay, we'll see what happens. And then like the more we talk to them, we're like, oh, like this is actually going to happen. This is really cool. And so my boss was like, hey, you know, you love ghosts. You love staying up late. Here you go. You need to stick overnight in the palace. <laughs> so she gave me the uh, the job of staying overnight in the palace with with this crew, and they were the nicest group of people. And they actually did, um, you know, like ghost testing and hunting, and uh, they had you know recording devices all over the place. And we turned off all the lights, even pulled the power, so nothing was going to accidentally get picked up on a microphone or anything like that. And it was such a wild experience because I know we both personally somehow got involved in this episode and they uncovered so much about like our needs and our lives just by doing the ghost hunting. Oh yeah, Um, sure. It's definitely an episode you need to watch, but they um, have confirmed that the projectionist did in fact die in, in the projection room. Um, That was always a story that this is okay. So the story that we had, the the story goes that I always tell people is there's a projectionist that um, was very passionate about his job and he, he worked seven days a week and he was um, always dressed uh, because it was a theater back then. You dressed really nicely, but the theater doesn't have air conditioning back then. Um, So you can only envision how hot it could get. And um, allegedly he had, you know, breathing problems and potentially suffered a heart attack and then he ended up passing away up there. There's an additional portion to the story that says that when the EMTs brought him down from the projection room, 
it's more of a ladder than it is stairs. So it's hard to get someone down from, it's hard to get up and down there in general, but like envision having to get somebody out on like a gurney. Um, so he could have potentially been dropped and that is what killed him. But we learned through the show that there is actually a gentleman who used to work here, Charles, who actually um, had heard the story as well back when he worked here when it was a theater. And he did confirm, um, we assumed that Bernard was the projectionist, which I'll get into Bernard as well. But um, this gentleman's name is actually Dutch. Uh, and if you watch the episode, I don't want to give away spoilers, but you kind of learn that he likes things a very particular way. And if he doesn't have you know, things in the way that he wants them, that's when he makes his presence known and makes you kind of feel like you don't. He's just type A. He's welcome. like anyone else in yeah. live events, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. He has a thing. And, and he will let you know that, that, that you are not doing it the Dutch way. <laughs> that's probably my future. I think my my coworkers would agree with that as I'll haunt them and say uh, that design for that flyer does not look how it's supposed to do. And you <laughs> the text over to the left. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh that's kind of how we found out that 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 David has since kept an eye on it. Uh David was our uh was the general manager here when uh hired me and passed away unfortunately in, in 2019 of right before COVID, that's why I have the year. Of and some people that the were a lot of us were really close with him, but uh we have uh, a painter on staff or kind of on call named Tina uh, and she had uh, some help from a girl named Jen who has worked at the theater m many times too and they were in a room doing some of uh, touch-up work for of uh, us and they were talking just said something about David and automatically the lights flickered and they both stopped and were like um okay and they're they're both believers i will say and so they were like okay cool we got it so you're here with us huh david and they flickered again and they were just like all right cool Game space right now yeah, and um I'm, like, I'm having trouble with all of this yeah and, and uh, i i that was the one thing is that like i i spent I've, i he was a again general manager live entertainment theater uh background type a really cared about the theater and everything and and my big thing was always like am i doing it the way david would want it and that it's that on the episode that that was the thing that we found out about and it was it's kind of really it was really cool uh it was a really awesome experience but it leaves me with very little doubt that the spirits are there and they are watching over the building and over us uh and we just need to to pay attention to them you know, we have a um, uh, one of our arenas here in Columbus, Nationwide Arena, is built on the site of an old estate pen uh, with obviously a lot of lot of history. Uh, and so the public kind of embraced that. And like somebody, I don't know who it is, has an account that maybe it is the the ghost of Nationwide Arena has its own account on on Twitter slash X. Uh, and I wonder how has how has the uh, how have you guys embraced this with the public? Are you doing like any haunted tours, anything like that? Yeah, that's been something of in the last uh, several years we have uh, we've tried to do uh, show some Halloween style movies of, of course, and we have incorporated some some haunted tours. It wasn't something like we had even really necessarily considered, I don't think, until about maybe five, seven years ago that people actually would would want to do that. Uh, I don't know why it hadn't 
<laughs> dawned on us beforehand and Caitlin was was nice enough to kind of take on that project of and which is it's great because it's helped us learn a lot of the history of the building in general and just kind of honor the people that are here and then that have stayed with the building it's given us a chance to honor them which is really it's I think really important to me uh, in particular we definitely don't want to dissuade people too from visiting the venue. So it sounds like the ghosts are nice, but also yeah, it's really a gorgeous venue. Way. You know, it's, it is, I mean, you all would agree, but it's, it's kind of a legendary underplay too, where you'll have a lot of artists that will play down into the palace. I know when I was at the arena, we would have the Avett brothers every couple of years. And then they decided to do like a three night stand at the palace instead which i thought was amazing so they would have you know the three concert posters that were all kind of conjoined i mean it was it's kind of known for a lot of artists wanting to play it because i think once they see it they they understand how iconic it is and how gorgeous it is and and you know i think the history and the ghosts and everything just plays into this like really fun tale that is the louisville palace yeah give us uh, some give us some shout outs if somebody wants to uh, uh follow you guys on instagram or, or anywhere on social media check out the website give us all the plugs here yeah it's well basically louisvillepalace.com is the website of louisville palace of uh, or at louisville palace for i think all x, the social media yeah x twitter yeah. slash facebook <laughs> slash instagram all those uh fun ones of yeah so follow us what's the name of the show Hulu one more time. Oh, the Hulu show is called uh, Living for the Dead, and it is a Hulu original um, that was specifically made for Halloween. And we're episode number five, The Working Ghost. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah. And uh, Paul, there's actually another Lexington connection with that show oh, yeah. as well. Uh, one of the, the cast members is actually from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, cool. So, yeah, there's all kinds of little connections that made that a really special experience that I hope everyone in the area takes a chance at. And then, you know, once you see that, then maybe you come and uh, take one of our tours and get a little more in-depth experience or just come to a show. <laughs> you don't have to do the tour. If you don't want to do the tour, you can just come to a show sometime. There you go, right? Hey, thank you guys so much for sharing this with us. That was what a great story. I, I was uh, that was really really cool stuff. I appreciate you guys sharing and loved hearing about your adventures. Uh, and a big thanks to everybody for listening to this special detour episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five star reviews. It keeps the ghosts happy and helps others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Ruttelberger. and I'm Paul Hooper. Good night, ghosts, and happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>